Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee, where we discuss the deeper, unanswerable questions of the universe. I'm your host, Joe Hawley. Grab some coffee, open your mind, and enjoy the show. It's almost like this religious devotion to it, because, um, you know, one of the things that I think appeals about religion is there's this grand narrative to life, right? There's like this God and this evil and, you know, it, it makes life really epic in, in like a very mundane way. And so I, I think that's a very human thing to want stories and understanding, like why are we here? These kind of questions, you know, if you're religious or non-religious, they're still there. So for me, uh, after I left religion, I fully embraced science and science is weird because there's all these different subjects and they're all telling different stories about existence, but anthropology specifically, you know, just focuses on, you know, who we are as humans and, and what does that mean? So it's almost like an evolution of my religion. You know, you start with religion and then you kind of, I kind of grew up into anthropology. That was one of my best friends from high school, Jusong Kwan. After high school, we went our separate ways, not really communicating except for a few messages back and forth on social media. Just a few months ago, we reconnected after not seeing each other for close to 15 years. It was a wild experience spending time with someone that I was so close with so long ago. It felt like it had been only a few weeks since I had last spoken with him. The only difference was that we both had two completely different life experiences to share with each other. And we spent hours catching up, sharing stories, talking about life, and exploring the deeper questions of the universe. It was truly a special experience. Jusong is now a very successful documentary filmmaker living in London. I'm so grateful that we were able to reconnect after such a long hiatus, and I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you. I hope you enjoy. You ready to dive into this thing? Yeah, what did you want to talk about? I was thinking we start with kind of our journey as friends like we were we were best friends in high school back in orange county california a little town by the name of your belinda yeah i i think it was through football or no it was through the church right i think we played football together and then we ended up going to church did i invite you to church or you went to church i mean it was kind of like a weird uh social scene in and of itself you know totally so we were best friends in high school we ended up going on these like two completely different life journeys paths um, and really hadn't spoken except for through minor interactions on social media for close to 15 years and just a couple months ago we reconnected because you were you living in London now but you're in LA filming a documentary of our actually our old youth pastor from church and we reconnected and uh it's just been really wild to reconnect with you and, and have these two completely different life journeys. So I just want to talk about where we were at and our kind of belief systems. Like I know you were really into church, really into God and, and the Christian faith, and then you went to a school to study it. And, and I just want to kind of explore that journey that you took of that belief, how you got, got into it and then out of it and then where we are now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really weird because uh, a lot of my London friends like do not know that history that that religious side of me but obviously like I, I went to school to be a pastor 
to kind of illustrate my, the degree of, of which uh, I was really into religion. Um, but during that time, uh, studying the Bible, um, I just came to the conclusion that, you know, I, I didn't think it was true. And so, you know, that kind of excluded a lot of, like, where I was going in terms of my life trajectory. You know, you can't be a pastor, you don't believe what you're preaching. So, yeah, I mean, it... What was that moment like? Like, what was that moment? Was it like an aha moment that happened in an instant? Or was it this gradual understanding that they, you know, it's not so literal, these these beliefs? It was a gradual and slow um, journey out of faith, I think. Because, like, when I was studying it, I still thought the religion was quite beautiful. You know, I, uh, I studied not only Christianity, but other world religions, and uh, I mean, I still love that stuff, you know, I, I find the wisdom and ideas in it, like, interesting, not that they're applicable to my life, necessarily, but it's as a, I, I as an anthropologist, or at least as someone who really loves anthropology, it's it's just a fascinating window into our human path, you know, totally. so, yeah, I never left because of moral issues with the church, or anger or hatred. It was really just, I kind of felt like I grew up and grew out of it. And obviously, a lot of people, you know, don't grow out of it. But um, for me, it was just, I, I came to the conclusion that I would, it would be better for me to look elsewhere for answers in life, you know. So I, I forget the original question. <laughs> so what, what did that, so once you started, the, the, you lost your faith in, in that belief system, what was what kind of happened after that and what kind of journey did you take, you know, immediately following? And I know you explored and traveled a lot around the world. How did that experience kind of open your mind to, you know, more of a worldly view? Yeah, so it was funny because it was my sophomore year of studying uh, religion or biblical studies and I was minoring in world religions. And I was just captivated by just different belief systems, you know, uh, and I really wanted to kind of experience that, that those different forms of spirituality. So when I left university, I had these grand plans of traveling the world. But at the same time, I, I thought, okay, it's probably time to be a little bit responsible and get a job. But of course, you know, my options were limited because I studied biblical studies. <laughs> I'm sure your dad was proud, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was really <laughs> weird time because... You know, it was 2009, and so mm. I a job, even qualified people, and then here's me graduating from university with biblical studies. It kind of forced me to, like, think outside the box. And so I sold as much stuff as I could and bought a one-way ticket to New Zealand. Now, at that time, New Zealand had this thing called a working holiday visa where you could work and live there as an American citizen if you graduated and um, yeah, my world travel started from there, and I, I, I think I've never been back living for a long period of time in America after that. And that was almost, gosh, I, I don't even know. I, I, I was 23, I think. So. And where did those uh, where did those travels take you? Where 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 in the world have you been, and what were those kind of experiences like as far as opening your eyes to 
you know, different parts of the world. Cause I know the first time I traveled was when I was, I think 24 or 25 and leaving America for the first time. I grew up in kind of a sheltered Christian household. My parents had never left the country. And I remember the first time going to Costa Rica, it was like this really eye-opening thing to see these people and this different culture and these different belief systems and this different way of being and realizing like how, how just because of where you grow up and the environment you grow up in creates a lot of the stories you tell yourself about how to interact with the world. And I thought like, you're really fascinating if I grew up in Costa Rica and I went to America, how like strange that would be. And it was like this click where like it opened up my mind to the possibilities that like the reason I'm interacting with the world and the stories that I tell myself and the beliefs that I do have were because that's what I grew up in. And it opened my eyes to start learning more about different cultures, different societies, different belief systems, different religions, so I could create my own experience through all of that. And that's really what life's all about is finding your own truth and your own experience. So talk about your journey through travel and how that opened up your mind about different beliefs and different um, stories. Let let me just say that um, I kind of grew up with the, the mixed privilege or, you know, uh, being an, a, a, from an immigrant family. So, you know, it, it, it took me a while to understand this, but I've had a very different experience than a lot of my American friends because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're growing up, life is just normal to you, but you have these experiences that your friends that aren't from an immigrant background like didn't have. So I was always exposed to different beliefs because every so often, you know, and it was like a completely different world, you know, growing up just to go see my grandpa and grandma. It was like a different, it almost felt like a different planet, you know? Mm. Um, So I was always exposed to that. And I think my travels after college only just expanded my, my worldview in that. And um, it was, it was great. I mean, I think the most meaningful time during my travels was actually in Northern Iraq and in the Kurdistan region. So I spent a year there teaching as an English and geography teacher and subsequently have been back, I think like seven or 10 times, seven to 10 times going back there to uh, do different projects. What's weird is my perspective, having traveled around the world and living weird places, it just made me realize that the world is actually pretty small and everyone around the world is pretty similar, you know, mm. um, at, at their core anyways, you know, obviously there's questions. And so I don't know, I, I, I don't know what wisdom I can share with that other than like, I, I just feel at home on this planet, you know? Yeah. Okay. Talk about your, uh, talk about your journey. How long have you been in London and why did you choose that city to kind of land and, um, and what you're doing now? Yeah. So, uh, I, I never thought I would live in London. I knew nothing really about it. Uh, but as I was traveling and living abroad, I just met so many because what's weird about America is a lot of people don't do this like backpacking abroad, but in Europe, yeah. tons of people do this, right? This is that's totally normal, right? To take like a year off life and go explore and figure it out for yourself a little bit. Like subculture of young travelers, and if you go anywhere in Southeast Asia or developing countries, um, and have stayed at a hostel, you know this, right? Like, 
yeah, it's, it's been interesting meeting Europeans on my travels, which kind of brought my curiosity uh, to Europe, I think. Um, yeah, and then during my travels, one of my good friends just said, hey, why don't you study in Europe? Uh, that's because that's what he did. And he said, it's a great excuse to live there for a year and have permission. And so I did that. I applied to uh, master's programs because during my travels, I, I kind of realized uh, I needed to figure out what what uh, what to do in life, you know. Uh, I came to the conclusion of being a documentary filmmaker. So, which is fascinating because I know when we were in high school, you were really into doing film, and we'd make videos together. I remember we took this German class together where we made a like a video project, and then in, you were really involved in our church in the video program. And so I always knew that that was something that was really like this creative outlet that's something you would end up doing. And it's fascinating, like 15 years later, like I really attached to football, ended up living my dream of playing football professionally for eight years and then you becoming a documentary filmmaker. Like it's so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because uh, we were doing it when we were like 14. Yeah. And it was really interesting because that, that only happened because of the church, really. The, the place we grew up in was such a fascinating, like in retrospect, it's such a fascinating place because there's no really cultural space other than these big mega churches. Mm-hmm. Right? Like living in a place like London, there's plenty of cultural spaces and you know parks and gardens. But in Yorba Linda, there's not really any place to get ga- for people to gather. You know? Yeah. It's- Remember how we thought it was such a such a great place to grow up? <laughs> the burbs. I mean, I still. Love- I, I have a weird fascination with Yorvalinda. It's just such an interesting place uh, to me, um, having been, you know, away from it for so long. But uh, it's not for everyone, you know. It's uh, it's. When, when's the last time you've been back to Yorvalinda? To specifically Yorvalinda, it's been a while. I last time I was back in Orange County was with you. We ended up renting an Airbnb and we just we're walking through the burbs and at about 10 PM, it was like a ghost town and there was nothing going on. And that was not because of the pandemic. That was just because we lived in the burbs and there's just nothing in both of us doing a bunch of traveling ourselves and you living in London, which is a very cultural, vibrant city and me living in Austin, which is, you know, very creative town as well. Going back to, to a place like that, to this different perspective, it was just really like, it's really wild that there is not a lot of culture there. It is just this suburban, and the, really the only thing, only culture there is this like religious, faith-based mega churches. Yeah, and it's weird because like uh, my wife, for instance, when we went back, uh, she grew up in Ireland and watching TV shows about the OC. <laughs> and the depiction of Orange County is so different than what we lived because Yorba Linda is like this weird place in Orange County where it's like ultra-conservative. Yeah. So... That that was interesting to kind of realize growing or having left and come back. Place is like really an interesting subculture, even within Orange County. You know? Yeah, I love your your take. I know you went to school and studied film, and you I don't know you got a minor or another degree in anthropology as well. And I love that you've traveled. You you have a very worldly open mind, and you really talk about the stories of culture and where they came from and how come people end up the way they do. Um, talk about your fascination with that and anthropology and how the places you've been and how culture really develops these personalities of these people and 
you know, a place like so different the contrast from like your Buenda in London? Yeah, so I think my fascination uh, and my love for anthropology comes, it's almost like this religious devotion to it because, um, you know, one of the things that I think appeals to a lot of people about religion is that they find it, there's this grand narrative to life, right? There's like this God and this evil and, you know, it, it makes life really uh, epic in, in, in like a very mundane way. And so I think that's a very human thing to like want stories and understanding, like why are we here, you know, these kind of questions, you know, if you're religious or non-religious, they're still there. So, you know, having left religion, you're left with science, really, or mystical beliefs or, you know, whatever. But for me, uh, after I left religion, I fully embraced science. And science is weird because there's all these different subjects and they're all telling different stories about existence, but anthropology specifically, you know, just focuses on, you know, who we are as humans and, and what does that mean? So I think my love for anthropology came, it's almost like an evolution of my religion. You know, you start with religion and then you kind of, I kind of grew up into anthropology. Because, like, you study anthropology, and it's, it's anything humans do. Mm. Is this human behavior? Human behavior, culture, materials that they build. It's just like this fascination with the world and kind of the human experience, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lovely subject. Yeah. So after studying that and coming from, you know, a faith like Christianity, what, what do you believe now? Like, what is, like, why are we here? What are the stories that you really connect with from your experience on what this whole thing of life that we're living in this reality really is? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, religion kind of tells you that there is meaning in life and, you know, that there is this narrative. And But science doesn't do that. Like, it doesn't necessarily tell you what the purpose of life is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it can't can't really do that. That's not the question that science answers. So I actually, you know, I don't know what the purpose of life is, really, um, if that's what you're asking. Like, I, I, I have an open mind, but I think it, that's part of the fun with life, right? Like, we're these conscious beings, and we only have this short period of life to live, and we don't know what happens after that. You know, it's, if, especially if you were born in a privileged position, like being born in America, you have the ability to kind of search for what, you know, the meaning of life. You're not, other places you, know, you can be born in without the resources that you have. Yeah. You're born in America or Europe or, you know, all these developed places in the world. So if I, I always felt like if you have one chance, you know, with life, it's, it's worth kind of that stuff out. I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating. I feel like, you know, when you're born into a belief system and your, you know, your reality is built around that belief system. I know I was born in a Christian household and this belief that the only way to heaven is to believe that Jesus died for your sins. And that is, I feel like a fear-based construct, a fear of death, which everybody has this shared experience of having to 
be go through the, the experience of dying. Like that's a shared experience that every human has to go through. And so it creates this fear of like what happens when you die. And a lot of these belief systems and religions is trying to answer that question. And they create stories around that. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is like break through that. Even though I had a lot of questions growing up about, you know, religion and, and Christianity and faith similar to you. And I, I finally realized like this isn't what I believe, but for some reason I always held that kernel in the back of my deep subconscious that if I died tomorrow in a car accident, I didn't want to not believe that Jesus died for my sins because I didn't want to go to hell. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I had a conversation with my dad who, you know, my parents were the ones that kind of put this belief system in me. I finally told him, he was like, so you're telling me you don't believe that Jesus died for your sins and you're going to heaven. And I, for the first time was like, no. And I like released that deep seated belief. And it was like this finally, I literally felt a weight lift off me. It was finally this like freedom to like explore and have my own experience of life and find out my own truth for myself. And so it's just fascinating how, you know, there's so, so many religions and so many people attached to these beliefs and such rigidity. And it's, and I get it because it's hard to question those stories about reality because when you start do questioning it, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to like question everything and the foundation of your world that it's built on. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel for it, but having this like kind of higher plane of understanding and having an open mind, you start realizing like the more research I've done on different religions and reading different spiritual texts and having an open mind, like all these religions are just fingers pointing at the moon, but a lot of people mistake the finger for the moon, right? So these, these are all stories trying to make sense of the same or similar experiences of this connection to something that's bigger than yourself. And now that we have this like this opportunity and this globalization and this access to information and different cultural like melting pots and everything coming together, we can really learn through all these different experiences what that means and how it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's interesting because at the moment I'm I'm directing a, a documentary about, like you said, our old pastor. Uh, I, I think it's a surprising twist in my life because. You know, obviously, making a documentary about a pastor, you kind of have to be very sympathetic towards religious beliefs, you know? Mm-hmm. Not so much I want to challenge people's beliefs. Uh, I don't feel like it's really my role to do that. Um, we just have a differing of opinion, really. But um, it's interesting because he asked me to make the film. Um, he, he approached me, and just a little bit of concept, um, he was diagnosed with um, brain cancer and is now training for a, an Ironman triathlon. The brain cancer is terminal. And so unless there's a miracle in medicine, you know, uh, his chances at, at life are, are very slim. So it was a very intimate, obviously, subject and uh, state in life. And he asked me as a friend to make this documentary. And I still really don't know why, because um, he knows that I'm not a Christian anymore. But, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm telling you the story because I had a different experience with religion. And I didn't grow up in the church. I, I started going to church when I was 14. became very religious and zealous about it. And... But that petered off after, you know, five, six years. So 
to me like a more natural evolution of just who I am rather than I was stuck in this uh, belief system. Um, don't get me wrong, when I, when I lost my faith, uh, it, was, it was devastating uh, psychologically. And that's so fascinating to me. Mm. Like, Same. How did you deal with that? I mean, to be honest, I'm probably still dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm still a little bit um, nostalgic for the past. I mean, I don't know if you feel that way, but I mean, for me anyways, the, the period when I was religious was such a, a lovely period of mm. Everything was black and white. You know, I, could, I, I knew what the purpose of life was, you know. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of benefits about religions, you know. I think that's why religion is still so meaningful to people. And I don't know, for me, like, if, if it makes people happy, then who am I to tell them that they're wrong? I totally agree, right? If, if, you're, if you have an, a connection to something greater than yourself and you have a spiritual experience sitting in church, yeah. you know, worshiping Jesus and you have this connection and it's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And if you have that experience and that's how you make sense of reality, like what do we really know about any of this? Right. right? Like who am I to say my beliefs are what I think or what I know or what I understand is any better than your beliefs because really in the grand scheme of things, we don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I will say like I've been studying religion. I'm, Pretty certain none of them are true. Mm. You know, like I'm not advoc- I'm not saying that you know there's no truth to be found, but in some ways, it, the question of is it true or not is like the most boring question as an anthropologist. Yeah, is there's a lot of things we do that are so arbitrary. Culture is so arbitrary. Everyone's belief, like things that people do in France and the things that people do in Germany are completely different and they're arbitrary but they're not bad or good right it's just kind of human expression mm. so I find religion as a part of that yes. uh, it's it's a way for people to find community and a common story if that makes sense mm. yeah it really comes down to having just having the experience and like what is your experience of this reality and when you connect with that, there's nothing wrong with having your own experience because we all have our such a unique perspective. All the all the experiences we've had, all the stories we've told ourselves, the where we've grown up, the environment we've been in creates this profoundly unique perception of reality and everybody has their own. And so it's like, who am I to take that away from you? And I think, you know, that's a beautiful thing. I think w- what gets in the way is when religious people or re- people with different beliefs make it you wrong for not believing what they believe. Yeah. And then that's taken away from your experience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it gets dangerous when it gets political. Like a group of people imposing their will on yeah. other people's lives. But like from a day to day, and here's, the thing, here's my like uh, question, like is you, religion unique in that? And I, I'm not sure that it is. You know, like I think humans are just very good at organizing into um, Roots and kind of imposing their will on 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 the weaker. So, yeah, you know there are these principles about religion that I kind of hold still kind of dear, like original sin, which is obviously a ridiculous notion. Sometimes I feel like in the secular world, people are way too optimistic about 
you know, how good humans are and how we're progressing. And, and, you know, on the long view of things, that's true, but we're also pretty nasty to each other, you know. Um, but, like, I think science or people in the scientific community oftentimes are op too optimistic about progress, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We, we do kind of take a few steps back sometimes, you know. So what a... Uh... What do you what do you believe now? You're talking about all these different belief systems. You've obviously done the work in exposing yourself to a bunch of different religions and different cultures. So, in your experience, through your perspective of reality, like what do you believe? What is God or universe or do you believe in a higher power or is it all just kind of an accident? Like, what is something that you can really like make sense of what this reality means to you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think some of the most interesting ideas and debates about life and existence is interestingly coming out of Silicon Valley. Um, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if anyone thinks these ideas seriously, but like, for instance, Elon Musk says that we might be living in a simulation, you know. And I, I just, I, for, I don't, the thing, what's nice about not knowing is like you can kind of entertain these ideas. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun too. Yeah, and it's interesting because if we're in a simulation, like, you know, and we, in this simulation, we build another simulation that's like just as realistic as this simulation. You know, there's like these infinite universes of simulations we can create. I mean, I don't know if that's like just stoner philosophy, but <laughs> I think it's kind of an interesting idea, you know. But I think the most serious idea is obviously the Big Bang. We're here. For some reason, um, God knows why. I mean, I think the most plausible I, I, and the most comforting is just we're, we're in existence to experience it. Mm. Um, but after that, I have no idea, you know. Yeah, right. Just here for the experience, like making sense of where we came from, what like God even means, like what that energy or creator like that's the questions that are just incomprehensible for the human experience but i mean for me personally i feel like there's definitely got to be some connection to it all just because of the synchronicities that i've experienced the like having a thought and then having that thing kind of like show up seemingly out of nowhere um, just having multiple experiences like that makes me realize like how you know connected we are and then you know, through experience like psychedelics, you know, I've done, you know, ayahuasca and a few different plant medicine ceremonies where it is this connection to something else. It's like a different dimensional reality that you can drop into. And that makes me believe that the, the whole hologram thing, even though it's not, I don't think of it as like this computer simulation, but like as like an organic hologram of reality that we're living in makes perfect sense to me because I mean, we are made up of these human bodies that are just made up of trillions of cells with trillions of other microbiotic cells that are on top of it that have their own thing. And like, they're all having their own living organism experience. And we are able to show up into this experience and be conscious and aware of it. It's very fascinating to think about. I mean, that's kind of what I mean by like, when you, when you kind of dive deep in science, you... It's almost a spiritual thing. A lot of people don't think like I think that science is like these numbers and things like that. But like you know, just the the massive knowledge that we've accumulated in the last you know two three hundred years after the scientific revolution is like a lot of it's like very 
enlightening and amazing. Like we didn't, you know, obviously we didn't know about cells and different, you know, life organisms before, you know, pre-science. And so to know that, you know, there's this world, this miniature world that's amazing, but also this amazing world in space, in the universe, it, it really, it, yeah, like we're kind of part of life. And I don't know what life means or what it is, but it's like this connection, this brief uh, connection that we all have at this moment. It's, you know, but you know, I don't, I don't know if people find that like silly or, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, find spiritual truth in that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating how science and spirituality are kind of they're kind of coming together in a, in a way. I mean, I feel like there was like a lot of resistance to it, you know, as far as religion and science and like how they're like opposing. But from, from my perspective and my experience, they're very similar. They're just talking about the same thing from a different angle. And science is actually starting to show a lot of these thousands of year old mystical experiences and, you know, these psychedelic experiences and the science is starting to show how that's even possible. So I think we're coming into this time in human history where things are starting to merge and I think there's this like raising of vibration, a raising of consciousness where people are just becoming more aware and not as rigid, more fluid in the experience and just having way more open-mindedness. And I think talking about like the internet, like the internet is like a manifestation of consciousness that allows us to all connect on this deeper level. I mean, just me and you being across the world from each other, being able to connect like this and talk about ideas, it's just... It's such a beautiful time in human history to be alive. Like that's why I say all the time, like what a time to be alive. And um, yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great. Like, you know, I, I feel really, I'm pretty happy being born, you know, when I was, because um, living in the medieval ages would have been. It would have been an experience. It would have been an experience. It's a weird thing, though. Like, I kind of am jealous of people who are going to live in the future. Yeah. You know, because their their experience is going to be so much, I, I don't know, more humane probably. I mean, that's a guess. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. But the the upward trend has been pretty strong with you know us humans. So it's. Uh, I mean, we are living in the future. Though. Like, what happens in the next two to three decades with this this exponential growth chart that we're on and we're like at this point where we're heading straight up like there's not even a way to predict what life's going to be like in 20 years right like just thinking about the last in our lifetime last 30 years and what we've lived through it's it's fucking insane yeah i mean i think the kind of the, i mean it's going to make me sound a little bit kooky for people who are not familiar with these subjects i think the most interesting thing about science is you know when you're studying religion you're kind of you're kind of in a thought time capsule you know, that was, like, written in, you know, thousand years ago. And you're trying to, like, figure out life with this kind of weird 2,000-year-old worldview. Mm -hmm. But if you science, you know, like, there's all these interesting questions about now. Mm. You know, to be honest, it's probably unsettling for some people. For instance, you know, what do we do with gene editing? And when we start editing humans um, to be you know, superhuman, you know, because that's, that's a, a reality that can happen in the next few years, and that's, those those kind of questions are so fascinating yet scary, yeah. but we're going to have to do it if we want to, you know, colonize different planets and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Ten years ago, talking like this, 
you know, <laughs> would have made you sound like a question. Way out there. Yeah, like the questions yeah. that people are asking in Silicon Valley in like these scientific hubs around the world. And uh, it's invigorating to kind of be at the cusp of this massive revolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's, you know, kind of scary as well. It's uneasy. It's unsettling, for sure. Kind of in that sense, I feel like I understand people who want to kind of stick to something stable, like world religion. You know? Yeah. What about death? What happens when we die? What do you think? What do you think the afterlife's like? Because that's one of the biggest questions all these religions are trying to to answer, right? Is like, you know, when this physical body is no longer serving and we move on, like, is there a piece of us that moves on? Is it going to nothingness? Does it, you know, what what kind of ideas do you have around that? I mean, it's so hard because you know. Uh, you don't want to believe that it's over after you, you die. I mean, I don't. Yeah. At the time, I can't really imagine what life would be like if you had to live forever. You know, would you be kind of bored? Like, I, I don't really, I don't think our human brains can fathom that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that nothing happens after death. I don't know that, you know. Yeah. There's a way to, to measure or know. So uh, in some ways, I think the, the thing that brings me comfort is like the idea of an expanding universe. Mm. Both expanding, you know, and this idea that the Big Bang wasn't just a one-off event, but, you know, it expands and contracts and expands and contracts like eternally. Um, yeah. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But, um, if it is true that that happens, then, and it's eternal, then we will be back at some point. Yeah. Right? Like, because what are we? I mean, if not like space matter, you know? Yeah, right? We're just, we're just consciousness experiencing itself. And if, if the universe goes on in, infinitely and there's infinite iterations of time and dimensional universes bubbling up, then it is just all about the experience. And there's, you know, if we talk about different dimensional realities that we that we can live in, like, and we're just made up of all these cells, and then, like, why not when we, our body is no longer serving us or passes away, that energy, like, move on into some other kind of dimensional reality? Like, you know, I, I don't know either, but, you know, it's, it's funny. I talked to my parents about their beliefs with, with Christianity, and they believe that, you know, when you're born into this physical reality, that's when your soul is created. And then they believe in eternity, which is just linear moving forward. But to me, like eternity and infinity has to be both ways. There's no real start line, right? So if the, the soul starts in this little blink of an eye physical experience and then lives into an eternity and the one belief system that you have to believe in to make it to the heaven or to the hell is this, this finite little thing that you most people in the world aren't even exposed to that belief. It's just wild to me. And so like, I just feel like infinite infinity both goes both ways and maybe our physical form, our personality, our ego, whatever that is that we construct from our environment, from our belief system, that all falls away. But I think there's something that's deeper that is the awareness of what this experience is that continues on. I don't know if that's just the oneness of it all. And we kind of go back into this, 
idea of oneness or if we hold this like individuated soul or spirit and go through it. I'm not sure, but it, I love thinking about it. It's fascinating. I, I definitely used to, when I was younger, sit there and think like, if I died tomorrow, like what would that nothingness be like? Cause I did believe like there's this nothingness like blackness. And did, did I come from blackness and nothingness? And then I go back into that and it's, like, I don't know, just, that was kind of crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, what's interesting about kind of thinking about, like, what happens after we die in the universe and things like that, um, there's still a bit of faith that you have to have because there's no real answers, really, yet. You know, that doesn't mean we'll have answers or doesn't mean that we won't have answers in the future. But we don't, we simply do not know if the universe ex collapses and expands continually or if it's just this one time, right? Yeah, it just happened. Yeah, but that one time theory just seems too sad, right? Like it's like then what is the point, right? Um, it was just a pure chance this one time that we evolved into consciousness and awareness, and I don't know. I've seen some pretty good YouTube videos about it, and they make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, but you know what? You know what I mean? I mean, there is a chance of that. Like we don't know. Right, but yeah. I think, sense, like even in science, like when you when you don't know, you kind of have to psychologically choose to have faith that it does, you know, it is eternal, and that you will come back, and you know, because uh, that's a nicer thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, so, it just it makes it, it makes it not as not as morbid and, and, and accidental, and it creates this kind of grander scheme of the journey of life rather than. If I'm here and and I'm gone and I'm dead, then I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want and like experience it. But if there's like this grander view of like contributing to the experience of like consciousness in the universe, then it, it kind of creates this like it's a little bit of an e easier and like a more peaceful experience. Just understanding that this is for something greater than myself, right? And connecting with that idea is definitely for me and my experience something that makes me enjoy life a little bit more and not be so like fearful of it, right? Yeah, I mean for me it's like I think the one philosophical question that like science has trouble answering is what is consciousness? Mm. What is it? Like it's like a really weird thing. And like science can't really answer that, like yeah. it's not really measurable. We'll conclude that it's just chemicals and but it's it's clear to us that it exists for us, right? So um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> it's like the observer effect, though. It's like the the, que the the question of the chicken and the egg. It's like, would this universe exist if consciousness never really developed, and was consciousness a development of the universe, or does the universe exist because of consciousness and because we are observers and we have an awareness of the experience? I think that's like the real question. That's really fascinating. Like the spiritual perspective would be the universe exists because of consciousness, because of the awareness. But you know, a lot of people that are really rigid in their beliefs with science, it's like the big bang happened one time and then consciousness kind of evolved from that. And then as soon as consciousness dies out, like the universe and matter still exist, which, you know, that's fascinating to explore that. Yeah. I mean, that's the science kind of, it's not the scientific worldview because like science can't know either at this point, but that is like kind of the idea, you know, 
Uh, yeah. that's, I, I think that's kind of what a lot of scientists assume. So, I mean, it, it's interesting because, like, religion uh, is, like, at its time, was the most, you know, developed and sophisticated beliefs in the world, you know? Um, and that's, I mean, it's weird to, like, be upset about that, right? It's, it's like, for me, like, world religions is, like, this beautiful, studying world religions is studying this beautiful period in time and the, the people's beliefs about the world, you know? Uh, and you would think that, like, oh, now that we're in the scientific age, we know everything, but obviously we don't. So there's still, like, these massive things that we kind of have to have faith in psychologically, right? Uh, that we would, that there's spirits and that there's these, that we're going to exist after we die and, and things like that. I just simply don't know, you know? Totally. But I think it's nicer to think that, you know? I mean, it, it's interesting because, like, again, what I said about religion, I think the question of whether it's true or not is, like, one of the most boring questions that you could ask. Yeah. You know? What's the right question to ask? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you, but I, think, I know that I'm tired of that question, you know, because there's a lot of things that we believe that aren't true, like, real, you know, like, uh, nation states, America, you know, England money right it's just all this energy this intersubjective intersubjective reality that we is is real because everybody agrees to it yeah. but it's not an actual thing yeah i mean there's all i mean that's what's so amazing about humans as a species you know like and there's like nature physical reality and you know our consciousness our own reality but then there's like these these social realities we create mm. like kind of religious beliefs and things like that and like they actually matter yeah and they actually affect how we behave how we understand the world you know so I think that's fascinating that we do that I don't know where, the, where, where that takes you <laughs> well I think we're coming up I, we talked about so much amazing stuff here and I want to give the listeners some time to absorb and digest and integrate some of that information. Um, I just want to say thank you as we as we wrap up, dude. And I'm so happy that we were able to reconnect. It's fascinating this whole life experience and how things work out. And I'm really glad that we kind of are back in each other's lives and we get to explore these ideas and you know share it with the world. And I'm really excited about you know the future of your career and, and your storytelling and the documentary filmmaking that you're going to do. I know that eventually me and you were going to do something traveling the world together and talking about these kind of ideas. I'm really excited, man. And I uh, definitely want to have you on again soon because I love the way your mind works. Can I just, can I just ask, did I sound like super nerdy? Like these are, you, you, you look super nerdy with those glasses on. <laughs> I have to say that I, I don't constantly think about these ideas, you know, um, in some ways they're like, yeah, not really, something that I think about that much you know but these are just well I think about it a lot and I appreciate you entertaining me with your ideas because I really love that you know you do have an open mind you like to explore these with a broader perspective with fluidity and not rigidity in your beliefs and I think me putting this podcast together is really I just want to interview a bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds from a bunch of different beliefs a bunch of different ways environments and upbringings to explore these ideas and, and give people this idea that it is just we don't really know 
and to stop getting so attached to these beliefs and creating this divisiveness, but really coming together to explore these deeper ideas of what reality actually is. Yeah, you gotta have to. You kind of have to embrace the mystery of life. Yes, exactly. It is a mystery, and it's a miracle, and it's a beautiful thing that we do get to exist. It is a miracle. Like, you know, if we do have just one chance, you know, uh, you have to live life beautifully. Mm. You know, this is kind of, I know that you're doing art right now, and I, for me, actually, art is therapeutic because I, I don't know if there's a meaning in life, but, like, art helps you kind of create. That's what art mm. Weird materials and ideas and kind of reshaping it into like a, something meaningful, you know? Yeah, an expression. An expression. And so um, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling anxious in quarantine at the moment, but my biggest advice is do something creative and get lost in it. It's, it's really nice. Um, you know, I'm editing still. I have the privilege of having a job that allows me to kind of just be at home. Um, and it's been really, really nice. And I know you're doing your book, and I can't wait to read it. So I would say if this is going public um, for your listeners, you know, just dive into something really creative. That's, that's beautiful, man. I appreciate that. And I'm really excited to get out to London to visit you when this thing's all over. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to be, but it'll be cool. Yeah, talk soon. That's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Coffee. I hope you enjoyed. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to me on Instagram at joe.holly or email me at joe.holly.newsletter at gmail.com. That'll all be listed in the show notes. If you have anyone that you'd like to hear on my podcast, reach out, send them my way. Also, if you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks again for all the continued support. So much love and gratitude. Peace.